0: You're listening to the teaching of Calvary Paris. For more information, go to www.calvaryparis.com. Your word. God, we thank you that forever you shall be our God and we shall be your people. What a wonderful truth. God, what a wonderful promise that you've given to us, God, to know and to live by. Lord, I pray this morning, God, that that wonderful truth, God, that you shall forever do good to us, God, will ring true in all of our hearts. So, Father, we thank you this morning and we commit, God, the rest of our time, God, into your hands, Father, that you might work deep, God, in all of our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 How are we doing this morning? Everybody doing great? All right. It's good to see the youth out there and connecting with us, isn't it? And just a blessing to walk in this morning and to see all of the youth out there serving and connecting and, and I think too often we just kind of cloister them off back in the youth ministry and all we hear is noise and, and we never really see them. <laughs> but it's just so good. It's refreshing for my heart. I hope it is for yours just to see them in here with us serving and and then in addition to the youth, even the kids, isn't it? As I often say when we have these family services to to be prepared because you're gonna hear things that you don't normally hear on a Sunday morning in here, and and but you're also gonna smell things, right? That you don't normally smell inside here on a Sunday morning. But that's the joy of us being in here together as a family. And uh, I know it blesses God's heart. I know some may not some of yours, but it you know it's definitely a blessing to the Lord and and to uh to many others. And so well this morning. Um, We have a visitor here with us, Pastor Phil McCain, his family, Rebecca, and there are many kids. um, Not as many as me, but near. Um, He's going to share with us for just a few minutes, really, some of the things the Lord has taught him um, about being. You know, one of the themes that we've really been looking at here in the book of Judges has been the need to perpetuate our faith into the lives of our children, and failure to do so really leads to the failure of a nation, as we've seen that in the last six chapters as we've been studying the book of Judges. And, and I've asked Phil specifically, Phil, if you can start making your way up here. Um, I've asked Phil specifically to really share with us uh, from God's Word, but also from his own life, really what that has looked like in their life. And so I want to invite Phil McKay. Phil and Rebecca served the Lord in Costa Rica uh, many of you gave to help support, to support um, the team that we took to Costa Rica last March. And uh, these this is the family, the pastor down there, we, we went to help and to support. And so they're a precious family to this church, have been a part of this church for many, many, many years. And um, I just look forward to all that the Lord has in store. Phil has been one of my closest friends. Um, well, in fact, Phil was there, um, like Jason, who was the previous pastor, the night I became a Christian, and, um, and so that's how long we've known each other, almost 20 years, and, um, and so he's been a precious friend, in fact, one of my best friends um, for most of my life, and so thankful to have them here this morning with his family, Rebecca. In fact, Rebecca, if you're in the back, maybe you can stand up so everybody can see you and, and have an opportunity to chat with you a little bit later, and so... Uh, but let me pray for Phil real quick. Come over here because I don't have a cordless like you. Um, let's pray. Father, thank you this morning. Thank you for the McKay family. I thank you for how special they've been to this church and the opportunity that we've had to partner with them, God, in missions and, and just the work that you're doing in Costa Rica, the work you're doing in their life. And thank you for allowing us the opportunity to have them here with us this morning. Um, As we celebrate life together as a family. God, I pray that you would speak through him
1: to us. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks, Damien. Um, It's funny. He's talking me up like I'm this great friend. And yet his wife was reminding me last night when she called me. And was like, hey, we're having problems. And and I never followed up. I never called Damien and was like, hey, what's wrong, buddy? (laughs) So I was reminded of how... Bad of a friend of I am as well, um, but no. Damien and I have known each other a long time. I remember when he used to work out in the weight room on the the uh, the ship that I was stationed on for a, a float to the Middle East, um, and I thought, man, that guy's intense. Um, but uh, it was a joy to be there when he uh, gave his life to the Lord. Uh, oh, if anybody needs a Bible, I guess they're going to pass some Bibles out. If you want to raise up your hand, real quick, and while they're passing out the Bibles, I would just like to say thank you to Drew. I thought you did a great job with the kids. Uh, can we give Drew a round of applause? A great message, too. And also, I wanted to say thank you to Drew for all of those jewels, which will cause sibling rivalries and choking hazards. <laughs> you stinker? No, I'm just kidding. Um, I already had to break up a couple fights amongst my four kids. That's why I'm saying that. So, uh, no, But I, I like that strategy. You know, Drew gives them out and sends them back to us, you know. He's going to make a great grandparent someday. (laughs) If you guys could open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4 is kind of just a text that we'll be focusing on. It's not going to be the only text of our message this morning, but um, I only have a few minutes and so I'm going to do my best to run through this as quickly as possible. Uh, But before I do that, while you're looking for the passage in Ephesians, I, I just want to say, you know, thank you so much to all of you. Here at Calvary Chapel Paris, we feel so blessed by you guys. Whether you know it or not, we are directly impacted by your love and your desire to reach the nations for Jesus Christ. My wife and I and our four children, we've been in Costa Rica for the past eight years. Uh, I think Paris, Texas has supported us like seven years of those eight years, and uh, because of your combined efforts as a church and, and what you guys have given towards us in prayer and finances, uh, the Lord has helped us to establish a living, breathing, sister church. There's a Calvary Chapel there. In fact, uh, just recently, we had a group of guys down in July uh, to do, uh, or June it was, to do a roof, to help us put the roof on. And man, it was a great time. So we we now have a piece of property and a building on it, and the church is meeting there, and it's all debt-free, And that's just thanks and praise to God, right? I mean, he is awesome. And um, real quick, a funny story. I was talking to the team that was coming down through Skype. And I said, this is a big job, guys, putting this roof on. Are you sure you're going to be able to get this done? And in the words of a Texan, and he's here, I don't want to name any names, but he just said, if we can't get it done, don't call nobody else. And you know what, about halfway through that week, I said, you still feel that way? And he goes, well, we might have made a mistake. Because <laughs> they, 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 they bit off a big chunk trying to put that roof on. But you know what, they got us started and on the way. And that roof is done now. And the church is meeting underneath it. And we are so thankful. So uh, again, Calvary Chapel Parish, thank you very much. Ephesians 6.4, the message is titled, Practicalities of Being a Spiritual Leader in the Home. And as Damien said, I'm just trying to share you some insights, with you some insights that the Lord is teaching me. Um, I wouldn't say taught me. I think I'm a, a continual work in progress and a far cry from being a, a, a completed father. So I want you to know that. And I have to rely and depend on God's grace every day in my fathering. And what I share with you is just uh, I'm learning these things myself. So let's pray and, and come before the Lord this morning. God. Thank you for this time. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for each precious man, woman, and child that is here today. They are so precious in your sight. And Lord, as a parent, as fathers and mothers, we give you thanks for the precious jewels that you've given us and our families. Lord, each one of our children is so amazing to us. So different and unique, God. And the responsibility, Lord, when we really think about it, is so heavy. Because, Lord, you've entrusted these children to us. And we, as stewards, have been called upon, Lord, to to raise them up. To prepare them for that world that's out there waiting. And, God, we're one day going to release them as arrows in that world. And so, Father, we beg your mercy. We beg your grace upon us. And we ask for your instruction. And Lord, may you bless us now with a word for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Damien told me you guys have been studying in the book of Judges. And so if that's the context of where the church is at right now and studying, then this study is going to be a timely reminder about the importance of spiritual leadership in the home. Uh, If I remember correctly, the book of Judges uh, chronicles that period of time when the people of Israel did what was right Anybody remember? In their own eyes, right? Everybody was doing what was right in their own eyes. And if I understand the times correctly that we're living in today, then I could say with confidence that we are again living in a period of time when many people are living by their own moral standards and truths and doing what's right in their own eyes. In the book of Judges, it seems that there was a spiritual cycle, that continued to repeat itself over and over again throughout the entire book. And that was the the cycle of complacency, the children of God growing complacent in where they were at. And then allowing compromise to enter into their lives in small things at first, but growing in, in, in size. And that led to corruption, corruption of their hearts. And that corruption led to destruction until God would raise up a redeemer, you know, a deliverer. And, and so that cycle seemed to repeat itself. And if there's one thing I believe that could have changed that cycle, it's the existence of a spiritual leadership on a family level. I love what Damien said. Man, the, the course of a nation can be changed by what's going on at the family level. The family is the base unit of all society, and it's so important. We can't uh, talk enough about the importance of that unit and God has given a family special rights, hasn't He? There are certain things that only a man and his wife are in charge of in, in, in concerning that family unit, and uh, that, that's another Bible study in and of itself. But on the national level, or I'm sorry, on the family level, we desperately need someone in the home who is living with a full knowledge of his responsibility before God as a spiritual leader. And so, in our remaining time, I'd just like to speak of that, specifically giving the fathers here some practical tools that will help you to define your responsibility to your family. This was helpful to me to understand what it is that God is looking to me as, as the response, the spiritual, spiritually responsible priest in my home. So first of all, I would like to talk about the role of leadership and who it is given to. Who is the role of spiritual leadership given to? And here in Ephesians 6, 4, we read specifically a word to the fathers. It says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And if you jump up to chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5, and read verse 22 and 23 with me. Just because I like to get this verse in for the wives, you know. No, I'm just kidding. It says, wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. Uh-huh. Now, for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ also is the head of the church, he himself being the savior of the body. Now, we like to joke around about verse 22, but the reality is, is that in these two verses, we see a heavy responsibility being handed to the man because you and I are the head of our families, just as Christ is the head of the church. And so what does that mean? Well, that means that one day I will give an account to the Lord for the headship, the stewardship that Christ entrusted to me. And so, man, when that really impacts us, when that really sinks into our hearts, that needs to change, that needs to translate into action in our our lives as fathers. Also, I'd like to state that in Deuteronomy chapter 6, Uh, verses 6 and 7, which will be on the screen. You guys don't need to look up all these scriptures. I'm going to be covering quite a few. But it instructs fathers to speak of God's word. It says, These words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And shall talk about them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. And so this is a word to fathers and mothers But again, fathers being that one who is responsible before the Lord to speak the word of God to their families day and night, teaching our children His commandments. In the book of Proverbs, there are 30 chapters written from a father to his son. And one chapter which is written from a mother to her son. So again, we see in the Bible the importance placed on that role of a father to our children. In saying this, I of course do not am not saying that mothers do not have a part to play in spiritual leadership. In no way do I want to diminish the importance of a role of the role of mothers. Okay, I recognize without a doubt that my wife has a huge chunk and a huge responsibility as being as being a spiritual leader in the home. We would be fools if we didn't acknowledge that. But it is clear also in the scriptures that the man is the head of his family and as such will give an account for his stewardship. I'd like to move now to the second point that I'd like our second question I'd like to ask you today. What is the big picture for us as fathers? What is the goal of our discipleship in the home? If we know that it's our responsibility, men, what are we what are we aiming for? What is the, the end game here? And and we need to know that because if we don't have that clear. We're just going to be kind of sputtering around. We're going to be striving to achieve something that we're not even clear about ourselves. And man, there is nothing uh, more frustrating, I think, for a child than to not understand what it is that you're looking for in him or her. What it is that you are seeking to shape and form and mold. What it is that you're seeking to impart. So I think we must take a moment to see the purpose behind our leadership to me, this means we need to see what is our goal in life. What is God trying to, to, to fashion in me? What is God seeking to mold and shape in myself? And for me, I've whittled this down to a few verses, which will come up on the screen. And uh, The first is Deuteronomy ten twelve through 13, which says, Now Israel, what does the Lord your God require from you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all His ways and love Him? And to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. And to keep the Lord's commandments and His statutes, which I'm commanding you today for your good. So in that, I can grasp something that God wants for me. And which I also want to impart to my children. That I need to fear the Lord. I need to walk in His ways and love Him. And serve Him. And, and the other scripture that I've chosen is Micah 6, eight. Again, these scriptures might be different for you and your family, but this is what I've grasped that the Lord is seeking from me in my life. He says, "He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. I like that walk humbly with your God." And then the, the last that I chose for myself and our family is Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 through 39. He says Jesus Christ talking here about the two most important commandments. Number one, he says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So from those is where I've grasped or tried to grasp what the vision is for my family. And I think this is important. And, and, and so I've developed a family mission statement for the McKay family, and and, and this might be something that you choose to do for your own family in your own words, with perhaps scriptures that the Lord lays on your heart. But for me, understanding the mission and the goal, what God wants for me is key. It's important so that I can then fashion that in my children. And, And so I've come up with this statement that is to know, love, and serve God as we are equipped to love and serve others. That's what I've derived of God's goal and mission in my life and so this now becomes what I want to teach my children that we need to know love and serve God and that as we are equipped to love and serve others and so that becomes our mission statement that becomes my family's goal and and knowing that now helps me to to move to the next the the, the next point the third point this morning is a question what do we do Okay, what do we do? If if, if we know that that's the overall goal, what specifically is the Bible asking of us as spiritual leaders in the home? Well, Proverbs 4, 1 and 2 tells us that we need to teach and train. And Proverbs 22, 6, I'm going to read these to you real quick. They should be on on the screen. Proverbs 4, 1 and 2 says, Hear, O sons, the instruction of a father. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. For I give you sound teaching. Do not abandon my instruction. Also Proverbs 22 verse 6 says, train up a child, train up a child in the way he should go, even when he's old he will not depart from it. So we see there one of the the, the specific practical things that a father is to be doing, we are to be teaching and training, teaching our children, instructing them. Man, how do we do this? Well for me that looks like a family devotion, a family devotion. And I know that, man, some of you guys are going, oh, man, Phil, you know, I I have so many things going on. And now you want to add another thing to it. Now there's something else that you're asking me to do. I just don't know if I'm ready for that or I'm in that place. That's okay. If you're not in that place yet, don't start something because you feel obligated to because the church is telling you you need to. You need to wait until the Holy Spirit plants this idea in your own heart. And this is something that comes from you. For years, I strived to do something with my family, with my wife, and things like that. And you know what? And It just never panned out, never, never stuck. But just recently, the Lord has placed from within a desire to disciple my own family. And it's based on these scriptures, which I've been reading to you guys this morning, that, hey, God really is looking to me as the responsible leader of my family unit. And because of that... I have to give an account, and what am I gonna do when I stand before the Lord and say, yeah, I did nothing. I did nothing, and so it's challenged me, and, and, and now we're doing a, a family devotion, and it's just a great way, it's not, nothing major, nothing, it's not like some big production, but man, it's just getting together with the kids and sitting down for a few minutes every day. For me, it works out best in the morning, maybe for you guys that work around the dinner table, I don't know, but gathering that family and saying, hey kids, I want to teach you, I want to instruct you in something that the Lord taught me today or yesterday or on my lunch break while I was at work and I took 10 minutes to prepare a little something for you guys tonight because I love you so much. And it's worth it. It's worth it. The second thing in the Bible that I see practically speaking for fathers and and something that's not very popular today, but discipline. Discipline. We look at Hebrews 12 verse 7 and that verse says, It is for discipline that you endure. God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? You know, I was the kind of kid that was uh, in trouble a lot. Uh, I was homeschooled for one year of my life. That's all my mom could take. I mean, I drove her absolutely crazy. Uh, Every day, I kid you not, my mom had to send me to the bed. And it was right around 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock in the day. And she would just send me to the bed and she'd say, wait there until your father comes home. And my father would come home and the first thing he would do is go to the kitchen, give mom a kiss, put his lunchbox down and then head to the bedroom where I was waiting with books stuffed down in the back of my pants. You know, waiting for a spanking, you know. But, you know, it was part of my daily life. But you know what? My dad faithfully disciplined me. And I never doubted his love for me. You know, I, I, he did it out of love, patiently and, and with an exhorting heart. And you know what? It paid off. That's all I can say. It paid off. He might not have seen it then. I mean, he must have just been so frustrated and tired of coming home and disciplining his oldest son every single day for the same things. Yet he dutifully did it. I believe out of a love for the Lord. And the Bible tells us here, man, it is discipline, that, it is for discipline that you endure. God deals with you as with sons, for what son is there whom his father does not discipline? It's assumed that a loving father in the scriptures, a loving father is a father who disciplines. And that will look different for each family unit. I'm not here to talk about that today. We, we're, we know what the Bible tells us we need to be doing and what we shouldn't be doing. Disciplining in anger, no, no. Right? And that's, that's, that's the big struggle. But Ephesians 6, 4, another verse that backs this up, the one that we just read at the beginning. says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and the admonition or the instruction of the Lord. Moving on really quick because I'm running out of time. How are we to do this? This is really where the essence of discipleship is. How we do it, the way we are, we are in our homes is going to shape and form our children. The way we handle teaching and discipline is so important. Our children are going to learn from our example, not what we say. The way we do this, the way we teach and instruct, the way we discipline is so important. If I could have my children come up here right now and tell you Man, I am sure that they would just bear all because they are children who just, they speak truth. And they can tell you, I have failed in the way that I carry these things out in my home. They can tell you, but they can also tell you that because I love Jesus, I'm committed to doing what's right. And they can tell you that I love the Lord and I love them. And because of that, we've grown in this area. We've grown, and we continue to grow. and uh, I, I don't think we'll ever stop. But this is where the essence of discipleship is. I'd like you to turn to First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 11, please. First Thessalonians, chapter two, verse 11 and 12. I'd like to read that with you this morning, as we wrap this up. Paul the Apostle writing a letter here to a church, and he just uses some words that are just precious. He says, just as you know how we were exhorting and encouraging and imploring, each one of you as a father would his own children, so that you would walk in a manner worthy of the God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. So guys, here we see the essence behind the teaching and instructing and the discipline. Here's how we are to do it in a godly way. The apostle Paul sets a perfect example for us. Well, not a perfect example, but a godly example that is one to be followed. We can pattern our fathering and our mothering after this verse. I believe he says, "Number one, we were with you exhorting. We came to you as a father would to children to exhort." And the word in Greek is parakaleo, parakaleo, and that means to call to one's side. It's not the picture of a father standing over his child, you know. It's the picture of a father coming alongside of his child and admonishing them. It's to speak in the way of exhortation, to entreat them, to comfort them, to instruct them. That's all that that word entails. I know it's a lot, but I think we could sum it up with an important point. Fathers, mothers, we don't want to lose our child's heart the heart is what we want to keep and that is 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 through this exhortation we want to keep their hearts we want to encourage them paul says we we did this by encouraging them this means to comfort and to console and then also by imploring which means to exhort solemnly in closing my last point who do we need to look to for spiritual leadership in the home well obviously we need to look to our father and this is a word of comfort, I hope, to all who are here today. No, uh, uh, I almost said no importa, no importa su situación. I want to talk in Spanish here. But um, it doesn't matter what your situation is, is what I want to say. You might be a single mom here today. God sees you. He knows the struggle. He knows the fight. And you know what? He's with you. And he wants to comfort you. The spiritual leadership in the home comes from your relationship with your father. You and I are going to parent our children the same way that we perceive our relationship to be with our own Heavenly Father. And you know what? Your Heavenly Father, not only does He love you, not only does He think you are precious and wonderful, but He likes you. He likes you. And He wants to pour out the richness of His love and His mercy upon you. And so I want to finish up on that note. We need God's grace This must be the basis of spiritual leadership in any home. As I said, I have failed. You will fail. We will fail many times. But you know what? If our kids see that we keep coming back to the grace of God and we keep going, Oh man, Lord, I failed. You know what? Son, daughter, forgive me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. God has forgiven me for so much. And I just ask that you could also forgive me for the things that I've done. Our parenting is going to reflect our relationship with our Heavenly Father. So let's pray and let's just ask Him for grace and mercy upon our our families. God, we just do that now. We humbly come before you. We admit, family is wonderful, it's beautiful, but it's also hard. It brings out the worst in us. It reveals our weaknesses, God, and sometimes it makes us scared and we run from it. But Lord, I just pray that you would enable the fathers and the mothers here today to, instead of running from that, that they would learn to embrace it and to see that you are made strong in our weaknesses, that your grace is sufficient for us. Lord, perhaps there's somebody here today who's just, and knows they've been making some mistakes as as the spiritual leader in the home. Lord, I just pray that today that person could just cast themselves upon your altar of mercy and grace. And Lord, receive help in their time of need. And Lord, we all need help in this area. We freely admit it. And that's why we're begging you today for mercy and grace. May you pour out your grace upon our families, upon these precious children that are here today. And they're being shaped and molded by our very actions and examples that we set, Lord. Oh, Lord, have mercy on us. Help us to endeavor, Lord, to, to please you and to glorify you in the family unit, in the home, and to recognize the importance of being a spiritual leader in that home. For your sake, Jesus, for your name's sake, help us, Lord. In your name we pray, amen. amen. God bless